The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to our discussion today with another trailblazing innovator in our continuing series on telemedicine. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Rob McGill. Rob is the owner of McGill Consulting. Rob, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Joe. I'm glad I could be here. Good deal. Well, thanks for making the time to be with us today. Before we start our discussion, could you take a few minutes and tell the audience about you and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So on the technological side, I've always enjoyed technology, was really good with it um, most of my life. Um, when I actually spent a year studying information technology I'm at Penn State, and then shifted focuses a little bit, became a counselor. And every place I've worked, there were always challenges with meeting with clients, both in terms of some administrative things, of course, with transportation and the such. So in that experience, I saw a need to be able to meet with clients, not necessarily in an office setting, um, but without me necessarily going to them either. And I found that that telehealth uh, really seemed to fit that need, especially for clients with maybe mobility difficulties and such. Perfect. Can you start us back from the beginning of when you started to think about telehealth and why you would incorporate it into your practice? Walk us through that thought process. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was in my practicum, actually, for grad school, it was an outpatient drug and alcohol facility. I ended up working there as well full-time. And just the nature of working with that population, and especially if they had beyond struggling with an addiction, also had some sort of medical concern, a lot of times clients can always show up for treatment, even though that they wanted to be there or maybe they couldn't afford the gas or had difficulty with that. So from even before I finished grad school, I recognized a gap in the ability for people to obtain services that they want. And at the time, I wasn't really in a position to do much about that. But then from there, I ended up starting my own practice and working in private practice as well. And through that process, I had the chance to implement telehealth with my clients. And my process for that was starting with the clients that I was currently working with as a need would arise. I would offer telehealth as an alternative or as an option. So if someone called me, their car broke down and they couldn't get there. I would offer, hey, can we meet online instead? Would that work for you? As a way to start into that. And I found that for some clients, that became the primary way that it would start to meet because I ended up working best for them. So it was more out of recognizing the need for that and then just finding a practical way to help people that wanted to help get the help that they needed. Perfect. And what are some of the advantages of integrating telehealth into your practice? On a client-focused perspective, Sometimes clients could be very anxious showing up to a counseling office, even though counselors work very hard to make sure it's confidential, you're still going into a counseling office. 
depending on where it's located, could have more of a medical feel, and none of that's particularly comfortable. So for my clients, I mean, they could be sitting outside at a campfire at their house, meeting with a counselor online. So it can present much more level of comfortability and familiarity for the client. If someone gets, let's say, stuck at work or if there's a blizzard or bad weather, the client can uh, stay there. So it helps them access services when they can't get there and lets them be a lot more comfortable with that. On the more administrative clinical side of things, it also allows for a reduction in no-shows. Sometimes people just forget. They get busy. They forget that they have an appointment. Without telehealth, that's a misappointment. You lose some of the income from that, and also they miss out on meeting with a counselor. But with telehealth, that allows the session to just change how it happens. So the person doesn't miss a service. You don't miss uh, that meeting with them. And I think one of the strong advantages of telehealth over meeting with the phone is that you actually get to see the person. You know, and it might not necessarily be from head to toe, but you can definitely see enough of them to understand if they're really anxious or depressed or upset or just get a better picture of where they're at. And they also get to see you, so it's a little more friendly than talking to someone just over a phone. Right. Rob, what were some of the technical challenges or roadblocks of integrating telehealth into your practice? So with that, I think a good starting place is that you need good equipment. So a reliable internet connection that has a high enough speed for that. Uh, you need a computer or phone that's going to be sufficient. You need a high-quality webcam, good microphone for that as well. But you also need to convey that to the client so that they have the good internet connection, good camera, good microphone, good speakers, so you can both see each other. Also, it's going to be really helpful to have some sort of backup. So if you know, maybe the desktop's not working, do you have a laptop that you can pull out? Or if the internet goes down, do you have another way of contacting the client? One of the other things I've noticed, especially if the client is walking around, sometimes they jump from Wi-Fi to cell service, and you might lose the telehealth connection. So explain to clients in advance some of those technical limitations so that they can work around them or prevent them, or at least if they do come up, they know, you know, I didn't just disconnect them when they were talking about something really important or meaningful to them. Rob, have you had clients that were initially resistant to telehealth that have turned the corner? If so, could you tell us kind of a standard journey or a typical journey of that type of person? Yeah, absolutely. So the first time that I'll meet with any client, I will let them know and I'll have them sign a consent if they're willing for the telehealth just so that that's then they have an awareness that that's an option. Most of the people I work with, even with telehealth, don't initially start there. What I find typically happens is something will happen in the course of meeting with me. Um, either their finances may change a bit. Uh, maybe there is a problem with their vehicle. Maybe they get sick. Something comes up where they decide, you know what, I think I will try meeting online. And then, you know, sometimes it goes really well, but it's just not their thing. And that's fine. We'll keep meeting in person. But sometimes if I know this actually works really well, I don't have to spend extra gas money. I can stay at home. I, it just works really well. And typically at that point, we'll continue to meet online. For a handful of clients, sometimes just meeting in person at first time was such a challenge. And talking with them to work through that, we both agree that, you know what, how about we meet online just so that you don't have these roadblocks anymore. 
Perfect. What are some clinical challenges of integrating telehealth into your practice? Telehealth is about as equal to meeting with someone in person as far as outcomes. That being said, it's not a great fit for every person. If someone is, I'll say, doesn't have the technical wherewithal, they're not going to be a great fit for that. If someone is really anxious about technology or a little bit paranoid about technology, they're not going to be a great fit for that. On the other hand, what might be somewhat counterintuitive is sometimes people with really severe depression, if you think, oh, I really need to meet with them in person, sometimes they're actually a better fit for telehealth because you can still meet with them instead of them just not showing up. So it does take really making sure that that person and what they're struggling with, all of those needs are still going to be met via telehealth and that nothing's being missed, but also that they have that option if it is going to be the best thing for them. Great. I'm going to throw you a little curveball, Rob. I started this series in 2015, and I told the story in 2016 that I was going to give my personal physician, my primary care physician, one year to get telehealth implemented. And if he didn't, even though I loved him, I was going to fire him. Mm -hmm. And he works for a big health system, and it wasn't really within his ability to decide whether they were going to have telehealth or telemedicine solution or not. The health system either was going to help them do that or it was not, and they haven't, and they still haven't. And I haven't gone back, and I've found alternate providers that I get my health care through telemedicine. Now, there's a couple other factors in that with the cost of health care anymore and what's happened to my insurance, it's much cheaper for me to get an office visit when I know I just need a prescription for something online than it is for me to go into his office where an office visit would have cost anywhere three, $400 and pay a copay. And now it's $35 online and I know it, it works well and they're connected with my pharmacy and everything works. So all that is a context. You as a patient, do you seek out telemedicine services? Have you been able to find any services through telemedicine? just for you personally? On occasion. So fortunately, both my wife and I have some more advanced medical training. So, I mean, we're not doctors, but I'm trained as a first responder. My wife is a licensed medical professional as well. So fortunately, we don't have a need to go to the doctor that often, but we have used email and the such on occasion when we needed some additional information. So I have used it in that context. But we haven't had the need yet to meet with someone in person via telehealth. But that is absolutely something I have on my radar that if the need would arise, that would absolutely be something I would consider. Perfect. And one of the things I was trying to just pick out with the guests that I have since they come from all over the country is, are other health systems more advanced than the one here in Alabama where they're probably not going to implement telehealth until they absolutely have to because someone else nearby, let's say in New Orleans, has created this great telemedicine capability and started to take a significant portion of patients because it's close enough if you actually had to go see somebody, but the convenience of the telemedicine solution outweighs and the way that they've implemented makes it much easier and for me, who I really feel like I'm paying most of my health care anymore, insurance doesn't really help me. It's much cheaper that way for me in addition to the convenience. So 
It'll be interesting to see as telemedicine advances how fast that actually occurs. Yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on a couple of great points with that. That with telemedicine, it doesn't matter where either the provider or the recipient is located. Whether it's on the other side of the state or even in a different state, you can still have that same continuing care or finding the best provider that's going to be a great fit for you. The one roadblock I ran into that is that states are hesitant to expand their licensure abilities to people out of state. So I know for me as a licensed counselor, I can practice from Pennsylvania to any client who's residing in, in Pennsylvania. But then if that client were to be in a different state, I'd have to get permission from the other state to be able to practice to meet with that client via telehealth for as long as it would be there. So that's a great segue. Rob, what are some of the legal points that people need to be aware of when practicing telehealth? Yeah, so definitely someone, every person has to be aware of the uh, licensure laws, both for the state they're in and the state where the client resides and the state where the client is currently at. And I see all of those three. And obviously, you can't practice uh, without being licensed in the state you're in. And then licensure laws vary by state. By state, so the safest course of action is to make sure that you're licensed or appropriately authorized by the state that the client resides in and where the client is currently at. So that includes if you're going on vacation to a different state, you have to be careful with that. And then some licensure boards require specific training or requirements, some don't. The footnote being, I'm not a lawyer, so if that's something interesting, you talk with a lawyer, but also be aware that. You want to check with your states and all the applicable states to make sure that you're following all the requirements before you just open up web browser and start meeting with people via telehealth. After you've gained some experience now, what advice would you give patients regarding telehealth? I don't want to make anyone ever engage in a method of getting help that they're not comfortable with, but it can be a very convenient, very effective, very comfortable way to get help, and it can be incredibly convenient. So if they're considering it, talk to their provider, see if it's something they offer. They can always give it a try once if they don't like it. Okay, so you don't use that method again. But if it works, it could provide a great platform for more effective care. Awesome. Thank you for that. I want to take this time to get everybody to go to www.robrobmagill.com. Bookmark that page. Check out all the great ways Rob assist his client, and if there's something he could do for you, definitely give him a buzz or get in contact with him. Rob, it was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your great experience with us. Well, thank you, George. It's wonderful to be here. It absolutely has. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Rob McGill, I'm Joe LaBelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. Mm-hmm.